I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying... A, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, love at First, first listen. listen. This season... We're falling in love with podcasting all over again. With new segments, correspondence, and a new sound. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Do you love Selena? Like, really love? Whether you saw her live, saw the movie as a kid, or saw her looks all over TikTok, there's no shortage of reasons to stand the Queen of Tejano. And Stan, we do over three whole episodes of our podcast, Becoming an Icon. We're reminiscing as lifelong Selena fans, sharing hot takes and telling her story. Listen to Becoming an Icon on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search Becoming an Icon. More Than a Movie is back with season two. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts. Of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's, Rappaport's Reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. KFI AM640. You're listening to the John and Ken Show on demand on the iHeartRadio app. We near the end of uh, eight years of the Trump presidential circus. <laughs> Do we? <It's>, well, well <laughs> ever you since, think it's over? Is that what you're saying? We well, near the end. We're near the end. Uh, no, we're coming to the end of eight years. We're going to start. Yeah, the it was ninth June year of 2015. June. Yes. Yeah, 2015. He came down the escalator. Uh, yeah, and, and announced he was running. Of course, he was always in the news before that, but this changed everything. And uh, here we are. He's running for president again, but that's not the big story right now. Is the indictment in New York State of former President Trump? And uh, we now know it's been unsealed. For a grand jury, 34 felony counts dealing with falsification of business records. Doesn't sound too exciting, does it? No, but it's really a dull case. Um, I just read the indictment, most of it. Uh, did you see it? It's attached to the Wall Street Journal story. And uh, it's not particularly excite exciting, but no. uh, it's divided into introduction, then background of the case, and then finally the scheme. The catch-and-kill scheme to suppress negative information. A lot of it deals with that National Enquirer guy that uh, apparently was oh. their middleman to suppress the stories, <laughs> including one I never knew before. A dormant at Trump Tower had a story that Trump uh, fathered a child out of wedlock. Turned out to be not true, it says, and then but they apparently were going to, they paid the doorman, and then... Can you, ima can you imagine how much has gone on that we've never heard about? <laughs> that he did pay off... Well, we have Royal Ark, uh, Royal Oaks on from ABC News, our legal analyst, uh, and I imagine uh, he's uh, just gotten to see the indictment as well. Uh, Royal, welcome. How are you? 
I'm doing great. Yeah, I've got it on the screen as well. It runs about 16 pages, as you say, 34 felony counts. And I think you put your finger on it. The irony here is this is a case that is salacious. It's about Donald Trump having sex with a porn actress and then buying her silence. But that's not what this case is about. It's a bookkeeping case. I mean, it's a little bit like you know Al Capone getting caught for tax evasion instead of extortion and murder. Essentially, what the district attorney is saying is, look, Donald Trump knew all along what was going on. What happened was he told his guy, his fixer, his lawyer, Michael Cohen, you take care of Stormy. I'm in the middle of a presidential campaign. It's, it's wrapping up, and we do not want her blabbing any more than she's already blabbed. So take care of it. So Cohen cuts a deal with her for 130 grand. Does he write a check on Trump organization uh, a checkbook? No. He borrows the money himself, Cohen, and pays her himself. All right, so she's taken care of. She's silent for the time being. Now, over the next several months, Trump and his organization repay Cohen. Drips and grabs. Here's a $35,000 check. Oh, here's a little bonus. Oh, here are some real legal fees. But they're kind of labeled as legal fees. They certainly are not labeled. Donald Trump reimburses Michael Cohen for that hundred and thirty grand to the porn actress. And so that's what the DA is pointing to. There's a statute in New York that says you can't falsify your business records, and you really can't do it if your real intent is to break the campaign rules. And he allegedly broke the campaign rules when he didn't tell the feds, oh, I'm running for president, and I got a big contribution, 130000 know, from myself to pay off Stormy. Instead, he labeled it as legal fees. So, I mean, it almost brings you back, guys, to, to Nixon. You know, it's the cover-up. That's worse than the third grade burglary. Well, here's the, the same thing. According to the DA, the cover up of falsifying your Trump organization business records is worse than sleeping with and paying a porn act. Because, and correct me if I'm wrong, because I've been digesting a lot of things I'm unfamiliar with. The falsifying business records in New York State, that charges a misdemeanor, but it becomes a felony because he did it to cover up the illegal campaign contribution. That was exactly right. Exactly. And that's and by moving it up to the felony, then you're talking four years in prison, although, you know, it's unlikely that a guy with no record would really ever see the inside uh, of a prison. And in a way, you know, it's kind of a nothing burger because you probably wouldn't go to jail. You know, a lot of people are saying we were just waiting for the other shoe to drop. It, It was weird that the weakest and least significant charge of all the Stormy Daniels deal is the lead one. But Elvin Bragg just won the race to the courthouse. So Fannie Willis down the DA and down Atlanta, she's probably gnashing her teeth. But some reports say she could indict him as early as this week. So that when another indictment comes in, and who knows, maybe tomorrow will have other documents, maybe January 6th insurrection, Stormy Daniels is going to be in people's rearview mirror. And I think the Democrat playbook is to exploit the fact that I've seen surveys saying 57 percent of Americans say if somebody's under indictment, they really shouldn't be running for president. Well, but if, if he's under indictment multiple times, then he's really in deep trouble with the public. Yeah. Just to interject for a second, we are awaiting Alvin Bragg. He's going to hold a press conference and we've got an eye on the video feed and reporters are milling about and filling up seats and it looks like uh, Bragg has got uh, charts uh, on a charts <laughs> on an easel on, a, on two easels set up behind the podium. So whenever he starts his press conference, we're going to break away to that. Um, How does this become thirty-four felonies, though? It kind of confuses me, uh, Royal. 
Yeah, what it, where they get the 34 is they go through up 34 documents, basically. Well, uh, there was a check written to Michael Cohen. Well, there was a receipt given, uh, and a bill came in. What they're trying to show is that there's this long paper trail of lies that, that it really didn't happen the, the way they presented it. It's, you know, it's just a tissue of lies inside the Trump organization. That's essentially what he's trying to say. Uh, you know, the real crunch here, if certain Trump's lawyers don't get this knocked out for the statute of limitations or another technical argument that, well, this is a state prosecutor. He can't go after a, a federal campaign violation. The real crunch is going to be what do people think of this Michael Cohen? He's going to say, well, look, I, yeah, I pled guilty. I, I lied and I went to jail. I lied to cover up for Donald Trump. He wrote 12 checks to me for 35 grand, saying they were for legal fees, and they weren't. So that's going to be his position. And they've got to use Michael Cohen and this guy, Mr. Pecker, the guy who owned the National Enquirer, because Donald Trump never sends texts or emails. Chris Christie was on the air recently saying, I knew the guy for 22 years before we had a falling out. He never once sent me a text or a letter or, or an email. He doesn't operate that way. He speaks in code, you know, kind of like a mobster, you know, as if somebody's <laughs> recording him. So what's going to happen is Cohen and Pecker are going to say to this jury, ladies and gentlemen, there may not be much of a paper trail, but we're here to tell you Donald Trump knew the Stormy Daniels thing was to help his campaign. And if you don't report stuff to help your campaign, that is a campaign violation. And that doubles down on the falsification of business records misdemeanor to create a four-year felony. I think that's the nuclear core of the case against Trump as it'll unfold at trial. And yeah, how long do you think this will draw out? Well, that's a great question because, you know, if Donald Trump wants a quick trial, he has a constitutional right to a speedy trial. A couple of delays here. Everybody's got to get ready. It's, it's a big case. It can happen this year. Does he want it this year before the 2024 election? Who knows how it'll turn out? He's He's uh, hoping that it'll be found. Okay, we're going to go now to DA Alvin Thank you, Royal. We're going to go to the uh, on a New York Supreme Court indictment returned by a Manhattan grand jury on 34 felony counts of falsifying business records in the first degree. Under New York State law, it is a felony to falsify business records with intent to defraud and an intent to conceal another crime. That is exactly what this case is about. 34 false statements made to cover up other crimes. These are felony crimes in New York State. No matter who you are, we cannot and will not normalize serious criminal conduct. The defendant repeatedly made false statements on New York business records. He also caused others to make false statements. The defendant claimed that he was paying Michael Cohen for legal services performed in 2017. This simply was not true. And it was a false statement that the defendant made month after month in 2017. April, May, June, and so on through the rest of the year. For nine straight months, the defendant held documents in his hand containing this key lie that he was paying Michael Cohen for legal services performed in 2017. And he personally signed checks for payments to Michael Cohen for each of these nine months. In total, the grand jury found 
There were 34 documents with this critical false statement. Why did Donald Trump repeatedly make these false statements? The evidence will show that he did so to cover up crimes relating to the 2016 election. Donald Trump, executives at the publishing company American Media Incorporated, Mr. Cohen and others agreed in 2015 to a catch and kill scheme. That is a scheme to buy and suppress negative information to help Mr. Trump's chance of winning the election. As part of this scheme, Donald Trump and others made three payments to people who claimed to have negative information about Mr. Trump. To make these payments, they set up shell companies and they made yet more false statements, including, for example, in AMI, American Media Incorporated's business records. One of the three people that they paid to keep quiet was a woman named Stormy Daniels. Less than two weeks before the presidential election, Michael Cohen wired $130,000 to Stormy Daniels' lawyer. That payment was to hide damaging information from the voting public. The participant scheme was illegal. The scheme violated New York election law, which makes it a crime to conspire to promote a candidacy by unlawful means. The $130,000 wire payment exceeded the federal campaign contribution cap. And the false statements in AMI's books violated New York law. That is why Mr. Trump made false statements about his payments to Mr. Cohen. He could not simply say that the payments were a reimbursement for Mr. Cohen's payments to Sandy, to Stormy Daniels. To do so, to make that true statement would have been to admit a crime. So instead, Mr. Trump said that he was paying Mr. Cohen for fictitious legal services in 2017 to cover up actual crime committed the prior year. And in order to get Michael Cohen his money back, they planned one last false statement. In order to complete the scheme, they planned to mischaracterize the repayments to Mr. Cohen as income to the New York State tax authorities. The conduct I just described uh, and that which was charged by the grand jury is felony criminal conduct in New York State. True and accurate business records are important everywhere, to be sure. They are all the more important in Manhattan, the financial center of the world. That is why we have a history in the Manhattan DA's office of vigorously enforcing white-collar crime. My office, including the talented prosecutors you saw at arraignment earlier today, has charged hundreds of felony falsifying business records. This charge, it can be said, is the bread and butter of our white-collar work. The fraud presents itself in all different forms here in Manhattan. We have charged falsifying business records for those who violated federal bank secrecy laws. We have charged falsifying business records for those who were seeking to cover up sex crimes. And we have brought this charge for those who committed tax violations. At its core, this case today is one with allegations like so many of our white collar cases. 
allegations that someone lied again and again to protect their interests and evade the laws to which we are all held accountable. As this office has done time and time again, we today uphold our solemn responsibility to ensure that everyone stands equal before the law. No amount of money and no amount of power changes that enduring American principle. I'll now take questions. Right. Excuse me. So we're going to take a limiting of our questions. There are we conducted a thorough and rigorous investigation as we're known to do at the Manhattan District Attorney's Office. Uh, I've been uh, doing this for 24 years uh, and I'm no stranger to rigorous, complex investigations. Uh, I bring cases when they're ready. Uh, having now conducted a rigorous, thorough investigation, the case was ready to be brought, and it was brought. Okay. Thank you. Uh, Mr. Bragg, the indictment says that uh, there were 34 false uh, business um, uh, records. And they were done to conceal another crime, but the indictment does not specifically say what those crimes were. We are assuming, perhaps, that they might be election-related. I'm wondering if you can specify what laws were also broken. Right. So let me, let me say as an initial matter, the, the indictment doesn't specify because the law does not so require. Uh, in my remarks, I mentioned a couple of laws, which I will highlight uh, again now. Uh, the, the, the first is New York State election law which makes it a crime uh, to conspire to promote a candidacy by unlawful means. Uh, I further indicated a, a number of unlawful means, including more additional false statements, including statements that were planned to be made to tax authorities. Uh, I also noted the federal election law cap on contraband contribution uh, limits. But why weren't there those crimes charged? What's he charged with those crimes? Well, we, we, I'm not going to go into our deliberate process on what was brought. The charges that were brought were the ones that were brought. The evidence in the law uh, is, is the basis for those decisions. Hi. Hi. Um, you had expressed a year ago that you, know, you had some reservations about the case's readiness. You talked to us about what were some of the questions in your mind that needed to be answered in order to bring a case you with know, this uh, magnitude. Uh, I'm, I'm not going to go chapter and verse into uh, many thinking. What I will say is I believe the time period you're talking about, I've been in office uh, for a couple of months. Uh, the uh, investigation, in my view, was not concluded into the conduct uh, in particular that, that is the basis for the charges today. Uh, since that time, we've had uh, more evidence uh, made available to the office and opportunity to meet with additional witnesses. Uh, so uh, as I said earlier, I've been doing this for 24 years. Uh, I don't bring cases prior to a thorough and rigorous investigation. Now, having done so, the case has been brought. Greg, you're a news. Your predecessor took a hard look at this case and decided not to charge it. Federal prosecutors took a hard look at this case and decided not to charge it. Do you believe you have new evidence that let you decide to charge this, or why now? As I, as I just mentioned, we have uh, had available to the office additional evidence uh, that was not in the office's possession prior to my time here. Uh, and as to uh, your, your part of your question about the, the federal 
We have a distinct and strong, I would say profound, independent interest in New York State. This is the business capital of the world. Uh, we regularly uh, do cases involving false business statements. Uh, the, 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 the bedrock, in fact, the basis for uh, business integrity and a well-functioning business marketplace is true and accurate record-keeping. That's the charge that's brought here, falsifying New York State business records. All right, we're going to drop out here. That is Alvin Bragg, Jr., the district attorney for New York County, and a press conference in New York City concerning the 34-count felony indictment against former President Trump, one big highlight in there was he insists this is what he does. He pursues white collar crime. All right, and it, I no. There's there's one big glaring red flag yes. to me that I don't understand. So these are these would be normally thirty four misdemeanors for falsifying business records. They become thirty four felonies because they were committed in service of covering up another crime which would be the $130,000 that Bragg says was really an illegal donation to the Trump campaign. Mm -hmm. Don't you have to prove those, fel those federal crimes in order to say, well, these, these business record misdemeanors are now really felonies because they were trying to falsify these records in order to cover up the federal crimes they were committed. Well, they, he hasn't been convicted or charged with federal crimes. So I, I, that, that part I don't understand. Again, it's a, it's a bookkeeping case. It would Payments be a, made it, to Michael Cohen, who paid off Stormy Daniels, were just classified as legal expenses, and that's not really what they were. That's the heart of the case. No, no, I know, but th those are misdemeanors ordinarily. Yeah, it, I don't know what you're talking about. What well, other crime? Well, be the crime was covering up illegal campaign donations. Yeah, that's confusing crimes. to me. How does any of this become campaign donations? Because it was to suppress negative information that would have adversely affected Trump's presidential run. Like he gave himself $130,000 to cover up something that might have derailed his campaign and kept him from becoming president. He made a contribution. Yeah, I heard himself. that. They classified this as income, but this is money that went out the door to Michael Cohen. How does that become income? That's Be expense. Yeah, but it, it's it's a it's a it's a <laughs> this is this is why I, I I think this is a difficult case to convince a, a normal person. It's 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 income because the hundred thirty thousand dollars was they're considering a contribution to Trump's campaign. It was used to prevent bad information from getting publicized. So that this was would be a, the Trump organization giving a hundred thousand dollars to the Trump campaign, kind of. Yeah, yeah. And some right? of it was some of it were on checks that Trump signed himself. Right. So there was right. a mix. But people has to think of them as different entities. The Trump organization right. is a business, obviously with all of his holdings. And then you have the Trump presidential campaign. Because it's a, it's a crucial point because that's what bumps it up from misdemeanors to felonies. Because misdemeanors are re is really a who cares situation. Felonies means he can go to prison. Don't think it's going to matter here who, who are the jurors. If this goes to trial, that's all that's going to matter. Do they hate Trump? Are they neutral on Trump? Do they like Trump? I think if they're no. neutral on Trump and they like Trump, they're not going to find him guilty. They hate Trump because this is, uh, this is puffed up.
well, as you just explained. Well, yeah, it is. So the thing Trumped is, up, puffed up. Does does a judge intervene and dismiss these charges early yeah, that's on? Possible. That's po- I'm sure that's the first well, attempt they're going to make here is to well, have the case thrown out. Like, was the purpose just to dirty up Trump? But if it's this same judge that was involved in other prosecutions of Trump people, yeah. I doubt it. They may have to go to other courts or find other means. Well, yeah, the uh, judge overseeing this uh, particular uh, case. Appeal. We understand is not a Trump fan, but so. it, it, it just seemed it just seemed because some of the reporters that was the first thing the reporters asked too. It, it just seems like if you convict him on 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 the federal crimes, okay, now you can bump up the state crimes from misdemeanors to felonies. But there's been no conviction. There's been no proof in a court of law that he committed those federal crimes. Well, I mean, you know, it seems odd, but plus it's obvious he did all this. I'm, I'm, I'm not suggesting that he didn't do all this. Oh, of course not. Uh, I mean, and but it is it's on the trivial side of things. But uh, that's exactly my point. While it may be a case, it's a trivial case. But people who hate Trump, it's a major case. Yeah. That's really all it comes down yeah, to. If you remember to so, people who are neutral on Trump, and a lot of legal analysts I've been right reading, are, they're fairly neutral on Trump, yeah. trying to be, and they're like, "This is kind of weak." Yeah. So I. This is kind of bizarre. This is like, you know, blowing a flea up into an elephant kind of situation. Uh, We're going to talk more when we come back. This DA, Alvin Bragg, who was bragging about how he goes after white-collar criminals, doesn't do as well when it comes to actual violent criminals. Uh, We can can recap some of the cases involved in this horrendous DA. You got to ask yourself, who do you want as a DA? Someone that's worried about the white-collar crime or somebody who's worried about the guy with the gun? That's about to uh, knock you off in the street. Uh, more coming up. Johnny Ken, KFI AM640. We're live everywhere on the iHeartRadio app. Do you love Selena? Like, really love? Whether you saw her live, saw the movie as a kid, or saw her looks all over TikTok, there's no shortage of reasons to stan the Queen of Tejano. And Stan, we do over three whole episodes of our podcast, Becoming an Icon. We're reminiscing as lifelong Selena fans, sharing hot takes and telling her story. Listen to Becoming an Icon on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search Becoming an Icon. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's Rappaport's Reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're talking tea, we're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Here are some examples of what you'll hear from us on Rappaport's reality podcast. This is where we discuss all things reality TV, all things popular culture. And a little bit of... Rappaport's reality, the reality of bit. us. We're a figuring out. And if we had been recording these last four or five days, Ooh. it, it would have been, Ooh, a, been the podcast juicy. would have taken a, a, a left turn. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. More Than a Movie is back with season two of the award-winning film podcast, and this time with a lot more movies. I'm your host, Alex Fumero, and each week I'm gonna talk to the people behind some of my favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the OG spy kid, Alexa Penavega. You had Carlo Gugino, who's the coolest mom ever. You had Antonio, who's handsome, amazing, charismatic, and then Carmen and Juni. 
I felt like a lot of other kids felt like this could be me. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Every episode will feature interviews with the biggest actors, directors, writers, and producers behind your favorite films and tap into the history of Latinos in film. Listen to More Than a Movie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. You're listening to John and Ken On Demand from KFI AM640. Yeah, we're on from 1 to 4 every weekday, and you can catch up if you miss any part of the show by checking out John and Ken On Demand, the podcast. It goes up right after 4 o'clock at KFIAM640.com, also the iHeartRadio app. A quick reminder that the Moist Line already comes back around in three days. Messages are being collected at one 877 moist 86 one 664 7886 also the iHeartRadio app. You can leave a message directly using the microphone icon. We'll have a special guest after 2 o'clock. Coming back on the John and Ken Show is the former Los Angeles County Sheriff, Alex Villanueva. The reason? Well, he would know best. How bad was that idea by a couple of L.A. County Board of Supervisors to release all the prisoners from the L.A. County jails? That was their goal. Hilda Solis. I'm going to say their names a hundred times. It was Hilda Solis and... uh... Uh, Lindsay well, Horvath. Lindsay Horvath. She's new. I keep wanting to throw Janice Hahn in there because it <laughs> seems Horvath. like a stupid idea she'd sign on to. But no, she, she didn't. She's disavowed. Lindsay Horvath. These two came up with the most dangerous plan possible, releasing hundreds, thousands potentially, accused felons. Of no, no, no. They crimes. just have mental illness problems that need treatment. John. Yeah, I, I, don't I, think of them as being ugly criminals. Let me tell you. Hilda Solis and Lindsay Horvath, they are the dangerous, uh, more dangerous than Antifa, right? All Antifa can do is burn down a building. But these two are the true anarchists because they could destroy the system. So the people who burn the building down never go to prison, right? You can, it, there'll always be people to burn buildings, but you can arrest them and put them away and then they can't do it again. But with Hilda Solis and Lindsay Horvath, there'll be endless people now shooting you, raping you, stealing everything you've got, burning your house down. This they, they are this is true anarchy from this team, Solis and Horvath. It's just part of their alternatives to incarceration yeah. plan. Yeah. And we also don't have the mental health infrastructure to handle what they think uh, is I think they think half no, the people arrested but, have but, mental illness but problems. Don't you think Solis and Horvath know that? I mean, if oh, they, of course they do. Well, yeah. okay. So if they were serious about this, what they would say is, "Here are our plans to build a new jail, right? Because the old uh, one is a disgusting dungeon. Here are our plans to build these mental health lockdowns, drug rehab centers, and then after all these beautiful buildings are constructed, then we'll tear tear down the LA County Jail. Then we will." They look at that and say, okay, you got a place to put people. It'll be a nicer place if you care about that sort of thing. But they didn't do that, though. All they said is, well, this place is closing down and we're letting the prisoners go free. What does that tell you? They don't care about anybody's mental health or they'd have the mental health building built. They don't care about anything other than releasing prisoners and then destroying our civilized society. When you start looking at, at the likes of Solis and Horvath as the true anarchists, the real danger beyond the Antifa crowd, 
Then you're going to start understand, and then you got to start voting that way when you realize yeah. how dangerous. Now you these know what. Now are. you know what we're up against. Exactly. Right. Well, my about people because it sounds so extreme and so preposterous, it can't be real. I was telling somebody about that this morning. The problem is, it. I don't think people believe that it's this bad. I don't think people believe that Solis and Horvath and the rest of them really have these views to undermine our civilized society. They do. That is their goal because they're smart enough to know that you have to build the mental lockdown facility first and the new jail first, and then you close the old one. That's what any normal society would do. They know they don't have any plans to build any of this because they're never going to build anything to replace them. They're simply going to close the jail and let everybody out. That's what they're going to do. So what do you think that is? That's not anarchy? So one thing I definitely want to ask the former sheriff, Theonueva, after 2 o'clock, key in this plan, this proposal that they did pull back on, Solis and Horvath want the L.A. County Sheriff to reduce the jail population by deciding which inmates to let go based on a bail number. Uh, I can only imagine they thought this would be easier now that they have their sheriff in the back pocket. Yeah. And that, of course, is Luna, who replaced Villanueva in last year's election. So all this is on the way after 2 o'clock. Story I keep seeing when it comes to the Trump indictment because everyone loves precedent. What happened before? Well, there was something like this. In 2011, his name was John Edwards. He was a U.S. senator and a presidential candidate. But it all came apart when he faced six felony charges relating to campaign finance law violations for accepting a million dollars from donors to obscure his affair during his 2008 presidential campaign. Real Hunter. Yes, this is when Obama was running. Obama clearly became the winner, but uh, Edwards was a hot name for a while. He was like, they thought he was another Bill Clinton. He was a Southerner. He was pretty smooth. He was good looking. He was John Kerry's vice presidential candidate in 04. That's right, in 04. Right, right. Uh, In 2012, a jury acquitted him on one count of receiving illegal contributions, and they deadlocked on all the other charges. The Justice Department then gave up, walked away. One distinct difference here that is the u.s justice department that's the feds this is the state of new york and the manhattan da that are coming after trump and not that that in a a sense because we we just talked about how the feds got the conviction of uh mark ridley thomas well the the feds come after you it's serious stuff well the feds had looked at this case and decided not to prosecute and and alvin bragg's predecessor looked at the case and decided not to prosecute. Did you hear what Bragg said at the news conference? But I got new evidence. Since I became DA, new evidence came forward to us that we used. Now, I, he didn't specify what that was, but that was his excuse. I don't know. The, 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 the 34... Yeah, I don't think much pro- changed. Right? Yeah, those business violations existed seven years ago. I mean, they're, they're, they're the same business violations. Right. It just took them seven years to try to figure out what law was broken and and that somebody's going to have to explain how he's going to make felonies stick that this was in service of a federal crime when nobody's been convicted of a federal crime. I don't understand that. Yeah. Uh, one other legal expert in this story makes the point I just did. In the Edwards case, they were actually trying a federal case. Here, they're not trying a federal case. If they go ahead to trial and find Trump guilty, 
He's not going to be found guilty of federal campaign finance violations. He's going to be found guilty of violating New York state law on altering business records in order to cover up other crimes, which are allegedly the campaign finance crimes. So it's like a deeper bury here is what Mm -hmm. the legal experts explaining. Unlike if the feds came after this case, it'd be more direct. But this New York state method that this DA is trying is might confuse the jury. Uh, That's how he put it. But the prosecutor now has this sort of a case within a case. He's got to prove Trump committed the New York crime, but to Trump prove Trump committed this New York crime, he's going to have to prove that he had been the U.S. Had he been the U.S. attorney, he would have brought the federal crime and won on that. Hey, it's an interesting. This is something good for the defense to say because again, the feds passed on this, with Bragg only answering that. Well, I got no evidence. Things came yeah. forward Bragg, since I became DA. I always get suspicious of a guy. And he, he said this several times. Well, you know, I've been doing this for 24 years. Any guy who opens with his resume how long he's been doing something, because he's trying to build a facade saying, you can't question me. Yeah, you, right. you, you, I've been doing this a long time. I, mean, I had bosses. Oh, I've like, prosecuted hundreds of these cases. Right? I, whenever I worked for somebody, and, and the first thing on the other side of the desk was, well, you know, John, I've been doing this for uh, over 20 years. It's like, okay, you're an incompetent boob. That's my first thought. Because people uh, who really are uh, accomplished things and can explain their decisions don't start with how long they've been doing it. To justify, it doesn't matter how long you've been doing it. You could have done it for ten days and be right, or you could have done it for thirty years and be wrong. But yeah. the time you spent on the job has no bearing on on the wisdom of your decision. Right. Oh, I'd forgotten. Remember uh, what was her name? Bunny Melton, I think. That's the rich lady that gave the money on behalf of John Edwards. To, oh, yes, uh, from the Riel, right? Famous, ex, uh, famous, super wealthy family. Yeah, that's and that was the case there that she gave the money on behalf of Edwards directly to uh, Riel Hunter to to buy her silence. Mm-hmm. All right, we got more coming up. John and Ken KFI AM six forty live everywhere on the iHeart Radio app. You're listening to John and Ken on demand from KFI AM six forty. Coming up after two o'clock, we'll have a little conversation with the former sheriff of L.A. County, Alex Villanueva, who lost his election last November to the candidate that was really supported by the L.A. County Board of Supervisors. That's Robert Luna, the Long Beach police chief. And we're going to talk to him about the proposal that has been pulled back by a couple of L.A. County supervisors, and that is to empty the L.A. County jails. And we mean literally empty. They use the term <laughs> depopulate. Yes, Decarcerate. They have their, yes, they have their Soviet uh, communist terms. Depopulate, decarcerate. Why don't you say the truth? You're, you're opening the gates to let thousands of felons run amok in the streets. Speaking of that, uh, it's a great headline in the wonderful tabloid, the Daily Mail out of the UK. Revealed terrifying rap sheets of the 10 worst New York City criminals who were repeatedly released by the Manhattan DA Alvin Bragg as he focused on the Trump indictment. I don't know if it's necessarily true. I like the way the headline's written to make you believe all of the people in his office were spending all of their time on the Trump indictment that they let these violent people repeatedly walk. Well, the but mi- we do know these stories. I've actually read some of them before in the New York tabloids. Well, the, the mayor of New York, Eric Adams, said that there, there were 10 guys made that made up nearly 500 crimes. 10 oh, guys right? committed 500 crimes. 50 crimes a person. And huh? 60% of these people were still roaming the streets at the time that he made the statement. Oh, he said that last August. Yes. yes. 
So the, uh, these yeah. are these are real guys with these are they're real rap sheets. Uh, the, the the tabloid does point out that the only category of crime that's been up uh, in recent times is uh, felony assaults. Most of the rest have tempered down a bit, including murders and rape and robbery. But, you know, you look at this crowd and that's exactly, I guess, what the mayor was talking about uh, begins with a man named Harold Gooding, who's been arrested more than 100 times, 70 of them for theft alone. They've taken him into custody more than 100 times. Uh, so I guess that means he never, what, does he spend an hour in jail and they just release him? He's been busted for dozens of larceny charges, including four, four times he stole something from Target. He's got 15 convictions. Jeez, arrested 100 times and 15 convictions. 14 times he failed to show in court. You'll notice a trend here. A lot of these people, they, they're thieves. And there were prosecutors... Like uh, this guy in New York, and I think our own George Gascon, who look at thieves lightly because they think, well, they're just trying to feed themselves. How could you? They're, no, draw, they're drawn no, to they're desperation. Not. No, they're not. <laughs> I'm so sick of hearing that. It's, it's a low-level, nonviolent crime when no, they just take stuff no, from a store. No, there's food banks. Nobody has to go hungry anymore. There's so much charity out there, so many churches. So many food banks, it's complete nonsense. Nobody steals because they're hungry. They steal because they can. They fence it. And then they spend the money on drugs. They're not feeding themselves. They want to inject themselves. I, I hate all the nicey-nice euphemisms and all these stupid little uh, uh, child, like childish stories. Oh, he's just trying to feed himself. You know, if you're six years old, you believe that. If you're 46 years old, you know that's a lot of hooey. There's a woman named Michelle Kelly, 41 years old, who calls herself a professional booster. Y'all aren't going to stop my hustle, she told police. She has been arrested many, many times over. Same thing. She's stealing from stores all over New York City. Uh, she was finally held on $5,000 bail after 101st arrest for second, oh, second degree assault. She kicked, bit, scratched, and spit on two cops after they nabbed her. When she stole some items from a drugstore yeah, in but, Harlem. But the first uh, hundred times she got arrested was, was mostly for petty larceny. And that's there's no jail on that. You just get cited and released. Yeah, it's like the drug is, crimes now, right? Which is what they want to do in L.A. County. That's why they're, the, the Solis and uh, Horvath, those two anarchists, want to close the jails. Everything will be a cite and release. All right. Uh, there's another guy here by the name of William Rowland with a 30-year rap sheet. Had his robbery charges recently dropped to petty larceny under Bragg's uh, administration. Uh, he stole $2,000 worth. Oh, see, medication, John. He, he's, he's ailing from a drugstore. <laughs> or maybe medication. opioids or something. No, uh, he, you know, he wants to steal the Sudafed so he could turn it into meth. Uh, Jamal Pringle. A great name, Jamal Pringle. 167 arrests on his record. Wow. Uh, and again, remember New York State for a while had the no bail thing going. Yeah. No, that was disastrous. That's how you get this stuff. If there's yeah. no bail, then there's no cost. You just don't even show up in court. They're not going to come get you. They're not going to send out uh, police to execute a warrant for some guy who is stealing stuff from a Target or a drugstore. All right, uh, we'll keep an eye, of course, on Trump. He's going to go back to Mar-a-Lago and supposedly will talk to anybody who wants to listen. 
with some sort of press event at around 5.15. Judge told him uh, no more uh, no more violent statements, though. Oh, about the, there's going to be blood in the streets? Death and destruction. That's what he posted on social media, right? Yeah, yeah. Right, up next, the former L.A. County Sheriff Alex Villanueva. We're going to get his take on this idea by a couple of L.A. County supervisors to empty the L.A. County jails, literally. John and Ken, KFI AM 640, live everywhere, the iHeartRadio app. And Deborah Mark live the 24-hour KFI newsroom. Hey, you've been listening to the John and Ken Show. You can always hear us live on KFI AM 640, 1 p.m. to 4 p.m. every Monday through Friday, and, of course, anytime on demand on the iHeartRadio app. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at, at first, first listen. listen. We're older, we're wiser, and we're podcasting through a new decade of our lives. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. And getting to the heart of our stories. We're going places we've never gone before, and we're bringing you along with us. With new segments, correspondence, and a brand new sound. Season 9 is kicking off with an intimate interview with Grammy Award-winning singer-songwriter Natalia Laforcade. What's giving you hope right now? Well, when I see what music does to people it gives me a lot of hope if you liked locatora before you're gonna love season nine subscribe to our show and you'll see why locatora is your prima's favorite podcast listen to locatora radio as part of the michael Tura podcast network available on the iHeartRadio app apple podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts do you love selena like really love whether you saw her live, saw the movie as a kid, or saw her looks all over TikTok, there's no shortage of reasons to stan the Queen of Tejano. And Stan, we do over three whole episodes of our podcast, Becoming an Icon. We're reminiscing as lifelong Selena fans, sharing hot takes and telling her story. Listen to Becoming an Icon on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search Becoming an Icon. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie. Because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to More Than a Movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's Rappaport's Reality Reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's Reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts.